are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Here in Proverbs chapter 3, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Now there's some, uh, some uh, good preaching right there. Don't you forget my word, but let your, not your head, but your heart keep my commandments. And then he says, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor, notice, and good understanding in the sight of God and men. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now notice this verse. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now in a few minutes I want to use for my text a little while tonight. Don't lean to your own understanding. But I was reading while I go in the room, and I appreciate these nice facilities. I wish I could stay there a while, but I can't. But um, anyway, I was reading a while ago, and I come over to Jeremiah chapter 9. In verse 23 and 24, I want to read those two verses. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, look at it, that he understandeth and knoweth me, and that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord." Now here, you know, Jeremiah's remind him, and he said, now, if you're known as a wise man, don't glory in being wise. <laughs> if you're rich, don't glory in your riches. And then he tells us what to glory in, in understanding the Lord and knowing him. But back over here in Proverbs 3, you notice what he said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And then he said, after you trust him with all your heart, he said, don't lean to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways. And in our results, he will direct our paths. Now, if the Lord directs my path and your path, it'll be all right. But sometimes he may be directing our paths and we don't think he's directed because we're having a tough time. 
I wrote down somewhere, Dr. Lee Robertson was talking about the will of God. And he said, the will of God is not always pleasant. The will of God is not always popular. But the will of God is never impossible. Amen. I remember I was in Lexington, North Carolina at a pastor's fellowship. We was eating lunch one day when Dr. Jack Hiles was leaving Miller Road in, in, in Texas and going to the First Baptist in Hammond. That fellas wasn't really gossiping. You know, you're just sitting around eating and talking. And it says some of them is passing their opinion, you know. And I can remember some of them saying, I don't think that'll work. Another said, I don't either. Said, why, he's an old Southerner. He's going up there among them Yankees. And that's going to be so much different. And it's going on. And you're talking about Dr. Harold Seitler. What a man he was. He was sitting there eating. He's a very quiet fellow, coarse voice, eating his flounder, eating fish all the time. And he was sitting there eating his fish. He hadn't said a word. He was sitting beside of me. And one of the preachers said, what do you think about it, Dr. Seidler? He said, if God's in it, it'll work. Yeah. Just kept eating. I never yeah. forget that. I believe God was in it. Yeah. Now I'm saying tonight, and please understand, I have a burden for preaching, not because I've been gospel. I forget that for a long time. Don't forget that. But I, I'm just saying so many times in my own ministry, I found out that I was leaning to my own understanding, thinking I was doing the right thing, and ended up, and it's what my understanding was, and it wasn't what God's will was. And folks, I, I just I have a burden for preachers, for, for young preachers starting out. It's so easy for us to lean to our own understanding. And I put down some great men here in the Bible, if we ever thought about it, that, that lean to their own understanding. Now, we won't take time to turn to them, but let me just talk to you a little bit. You remember, Abraham was a great man. He was a friend of God. He was a man of faith. And you remember in Genesis chapter 12, in the 11th chapter, he came out of the of Chaldees. I think that Ur means flame and Chaldees destruction, a type of where you and I was at before God saved us. But you remember in the 12th chapter, God says, Abram, I want you to get out from your kindred and I want you to go into a land that I will show thee. And you read it there, most of you are familiar with it. And the Bible tells us that he did. He obeyed God. And he left. If you'd have met Abram coming, going down the road, you'd say, Abram, where are you going? He'd say, I don't know. You and I'd have said, something wrong with that fellow. He said, God said, go, and I am following him. You know, this thing of walking by faith is more than just what it sounds, isn't it? It really is. But wait a minute, he goes on and he comes to... He, he, he built an altar, you remember, near Bethel. Man, he had prayer. He had his nephew Lot with him, his wife Sarah. But you read in verse 10, listen, and, he, and the famine came. Now, famine of food. But you know, a famine is a trying time. It's a testing time. And this great man of God said to Sarah, it looks pretty rough. Now, wait a minute. He leaned to his own understanding. 
And he said, Sarah, it looks good down in Egypt. We better go that way. I want to say this, brother. You and I many times are in the vices, so to speak. It's easy when everything is going good and all the debts are being paid and nobody's complaining and grumbling and all of that if it ever does it anymore. I mean, it might a few times like that. But I'm just saying, it, it, it's not... It's not hard to believe, boy, that's the will of God. But when that famine comes, that testing time comes, that's when me and you, and that's where I have before, oh, I was sincere, but I have leaned to my own understanding and realized later that I missed God's will about it. Now, over in the eastern, uh, on the other coast over there, and few of you fellows from there, I mean, don't misunderstand me. God moves people. But preachers are running, I mean, ever which way. I mean, they're here for a while and they're gone and they're in this and they're gone and they're quitting this and they're gone. And uh, one dear old lady one day told me her husband's a Baptist preacher. He's about 90-something years old now. And my wife and I took him out for a meal. And Mr. Darius said, you know, said when he was younger, Brother Bobby said he'd say, the Lord, I believe, is leading me so and so. And said then... If it wasn't very long, he said, the Lord's leading me so-and-so. And then the Lord, she said, I just told my husband one day, if you don't quit changing God's mind, he's going to get mad at you. <laughs> Brother, the older I get, the more I believe in a lot of things, God's not in them, my friend. And look, and, and, and I'm, I'm just saying, look at, look at, uh, at Abraham. And you know what happened? He goes down there and then... <laughs> And then he says, Sarah, you're a good-looking woman, and they might take you away from me. You tell them that, that you're my sister. You know, when you get into a dilemma that you make yourself, if you're not careful, you kind of twist the truth a little bit, you know. And you remember the story, how it was revealed to the old king and how he came out. And then look at Lot. They're in the 13th chapter. Hey, Lot knew it was what it was to be at the altar with his uncle Abraham and pray. But Abraham said, our herdsmen's fussing, quarreling, and it's not right, and we'll have to divide. Now you go uh, whichever way you want. And he lifted his eyes up towards the plains of Jordan. What did he do? He, he went his own way. That's exactly what he done. And look what a mess he got into, my friend. And I've thought about this several times. And, and I have nothing to say bad about Abraham. What a great man. But I think about all that stuff. If he hadn't went down into Egypt, uh, you know, and, and brothers, sometime when we're blessed materially, uh, we say, man, look at what, it, you better be careful. <laughs> and you know what happened there? And Paul Abraham standing over yonder looking and said, God, if there's 10 down there, will you spare it? What is it? I got a nephew and he's fixing to destroy. Look at all the sin come just by leaning to our own understanding and all the troubles. You see what I'm trying to say? And then listen. Now, do you think God led Lot down there? No. No. He's got four precious girls. But he's got his mind on materialism. And he can see it looks good there. 
Once in a while, some preacher, young preacher, come to me and he'll say, you know where a city is that I could start a church? I, I want to get in a city and, and reach. I appreciate your zeal, but God may want you back down in a mountain somewhere. One of my dear preacher friends a while back, he said, Brother Bobby, you pray for me. I got a grandson just finished college and said he's been called to preach. He's a sweet old boy, but said God's got to knock something out of him before he'll ever mount anything. Said he said God's going to use me as evangelist, Grandpa. And he said that's all he talks about. And said he come to me the other day and said, Grandpa, do you you know where I could get a tent large enough to hold a crowd that I'll have? He said, Son, I seen one the other day. I believe. He said, Where? He said, Out in the cemetery. And the old man said, the old preacher, he said, you pray that he'll get uh, that ego problem knocked out of him so God can use him. I knew what the old man was talking about. You do too. Yes. But what I started to say, you think of a lot. He wasn't thinking about those girls. And here two of them goes down there and marries some of those people down there. And you know the story of what all happened. And he ends up and his two other daughters, I mean, the man got so low, and you know, you, you do one thing wrong, you try to get this and that and just keep getting the man. And finally, he told uh, those bunch of uh, homosexuals down there, he said, if you'll just go on not embarrass me, I got two daughters, never known man, you take them, do what you please tonight. Isn't it awful how sin goes down and down? And folks, we've got people today in our churches, they wouldn't say that, but they went their own way and they let their kids go out here about three-fourths naked and what they're actually saying, and it don't mean it. You take them and do what you please with them. And it all starts, I'm talking about saved people, it all starts because we lean to our own understanding. I, I go yonder to the book of Ruth. Emelech and Naomi lived in Bethlehem of Judah, the place of, of bread and praise. But those places get tough sometimes. You remember that story? And the famine came. Emelech said, we better go down to the land of the Moabites. It's never right for a Christian to go to the Moabites. But they did. And you know what happened there? And the results and so on. And, and you just go on down through the Bible. I just put some of them down. Jehoshaphat, what a king. But he had leaned to his own understanding and joined up with Ahab. And that's not right. You know, I think sometimes in our churches we go through a dilemmas and, 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 and you go through a tough time and it seems like everything's dry. <laughs> you know, and dead. And you're looking for some life. If you're not careful, I remember about 40 years ago, I heard Dr. Howes, 40, 50 years ago, I heard him preach a sermon about that church, the church of Sardis was dead, and he, and, and, he, and, and he compared it with a dead church. You keep that corpse out long enough, and it's going to get to stink, and you have to put some more embalming fluid in it. And he said, if we're not careful, our churches will get so dead spiritually and we'll get out yonder and get a little embalming fluid and try some of the world's way, the world's music and all that to try to get a little life and get away from God's will. And it never has been God's will to go away of the world because the world hates Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Those famines come. 
And we better be careful. Don't lean to our own understanding. It's never been right. And you, you know, remember Saul. Uh, Saul was the first king. We know about that. Bible talked about him being a good-looking man and all of that. And God sold, told him one day, said, Saul, there's the Amalekites out here. I want you to go out there and wipe out everything. That was God's will. But you remember the story he went? And he'd come back, and Samuel met him, and Samuel said, Oh, he said, I've done what God said. Be sure your sin will fire you out. And then you remember what happened. Uh, Samuel said, well, what is that, the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of ox? Were they? Well, you know, I felt like God could use these. And here he goes, and you know what? He didn't mind God. And folks, you follow Saul's life. He finally ended up committing suicide. But it all started because he didn't listen to what God said. I'm just saying, uh, me and you better be very careful. I could go on with many of them in the Bible. Great men. But God says. In Proverbs, don't lean to your own understanding. Oh, we better watch that. We better watch that. One of the greatest preachers, and uh, Dr. Seidler used to say is the greatest preacher in North Carolina, and I believe, and one of the greatest Christians in North Carolina. He's with the Lord now. Arthur Blackburn, what a preaching man. And I used to, you know, I think it's good. Arthur was an older man, and I was a young preacher. One day, he and two, two or three preachers were having lunch together, and he had suffered a stroke. He couldn't talk real plain. And I said, Arthur, you're older than I am. Give me some advice. <laughs> I'll tell you what he said quickly with a broken voice. He said, there's one church and one woman for you. <laughs> well, but anyway, wait a minute. Now, now, now don't, listen, I'm not talking about, brother, I'm not worthy. I, I'm not worthy. To tie that man's shoes, he preached meetings for me. But he preached, he pastored, and I don't mean that God don't want a man to pastor a dozen, 15 churches. I'm just trying to get a point out, but I won't tell you what he said. I said, I said, Arthur, you pastor seven. I said, where'd you miss it? Listen, let me tell you what he said. Let me tell you what he said. I mean, just like that. He said, in 1956, I was pastor of the Landis Baptist Church in Landis, North Carolina. Church was running about 600, no bus ministry at that time. He said, I got to preaching so many week revivals. And he said, I got, to, uh, I got so many calls for meetings. And listen, this is what he said. I thought God wanted me to be an evangelist. And I resigned. And I missed God's will. I think of Eugene Goodman. Some of you, Gene Goodman preached a lot of revivals for me. He's in heaven now. I asked him one day, Gene, can you help me? And I was talking about the same thing. He said, yes. He said, I organized the Lane Street Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. He said, Brother Bobby, I don't know where he's at. It's like 12, 14 years. And he said it was some trouble boiling up in that church. And I could see it. And I, another church opened up. And I said, God don't want me to go through all that mess. And I left. And he said, I should have stayed there. Now, I don't know what about you fellas, but boy, when I hear men like that, it must make me, I want to think a little bit. You understand what I'm saying? 
I, I want to make sure that it's not my understanding. You know, I found out it's pretty easy to ask God something and then tell God the answer. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. You know, you've heard the story about this old boy who won't leave his church, and he got a call to another church, and he said, Honey, uh, while I pray about it, you be packing. <laughs> yeah. Folks, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that it's like that. And, and let me say to you college kids, you be careful. Now listen, your last year and, and, and time's coming close to graduate and, and you wonder and here comes a man along and he preaches. You say, that must be what God wants to do. Here come up a, a missionary. He said, I believe God. And see, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll get under pressure and famine. And if you're not careful, you'll say, well, he must want me to do this because I'm, I'm fixing to graduate. He, and you'll listen to your own understanding instead of waiting on God and you'll get out of the will of God. Let me tell you something. Piedmont Bible College is eight miles from me. About 25 years or more ago, there was, and, and they can go to school church anywhere they want to so some of those kids come there and join gospel act and this young lady had came from uh, a little town 30 miles away and she joined gospel act and she went to college and, and during that time uh, we put her in a little primary girls class and uh, and she taught that you know at college I never forget this. One Sunday night, just at, right after graduation, she always sat about the second or third pew from the front. And I got through preaching that night, and she wanted to talk to me, and she started crying. And, 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 and I said, what's your problem? And this is what she said, preacher, I left home and my family, and I come here to Bible college, and now I've graduated and I must have missed God's will somewhere because she said nothing's open up. And all I'm doing, I'm still down yonder in that little primary class. And she is broken hearted. And I'm not smart, but I begin to think and pray. And I said, I said to her, I said, I said, would you let me tell you something that I believe your problem? And you promised me it won't hurt you. And she said, no, it won't hurt me. I said, we're all so human. I said, you, it looks like that you thought, well, I have left my family and come here and lived in a dorm and I have finished college and, 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 and you was thinking now because I finished, I'm going to get a job here or somewhere up here and you're still in the primary class. I said, young lady, it could be, it could be that God wants you downstairs in that little primary girls class, but you've come to a place you're not willing to accept God's will. I said, please don't misunderstand me, but I said, you might feel like, well, since I've got a college education, God's going to kind of set me up here, but instead he's got you down yonder, and you could be in the will of God, but you could not be willing to accept the will of God for your life. Now listen, about five years ago, I was in Wilmington, North Carolina. That's 200 miles from me down to coast preaching. I went in a, a, a place to eat lunch. This lady came over to me and she said, you're Bobby Robertson. I said, right? Yeah, that's me. And she, it was that lady. Now listen, it was that lady. She dropped her head. And I said, well, I've wondered about you many times. Where you go to church? She said, Brother Bobby, I'm out of church. 
My life's been a mess. I've just got my second divorce. And I tried to talk to her. I'm saying tonight, friend, it's something man, you ought to really think of. I don't care if you're old as I am. We still need to make sure it's God in it. As an old preacher, he's with the Lord now. He used to preach for me years ago. And he'd make, he'd make this statement. You just find out which way God's going and go with him and you'll be all right. Yes. I, I, I'm, I don't like, and I hope Brother Treber, I think he's with me. I, I, I'm not for this bigoted stuff. I, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of that. Listen, you get God's will for your life. He, won't, he may want you back yonder in a boondock somewhere where nobody ever heard of you, but you'd be better in the will of God there. And it's a judgment seat. It's no big eyes and little U's. It's a judgment seat. It's faithfulness and motivation's going to make a difference. And if you are blessed and pastor church and God uh, blesses it and it grows, give God the glory. That's what I'm trying to say. I think we've overshot this thing. And I'm for numbers. Man, I love them. I can't hardly stand to wait until uh, Sunday morning to find out how many we had. I like it. But, but I'm just saying, let's make sure that we're in the right motive and, and let's make sure we're following God. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying, let's be careful about this thing. Lean not to thine own understanding. Now, I don't think it's real hard to do God's will. I think it's hard for us to be willing to do God's will. You know, there's a verse of Scripture in John 7 in verse 17 where Jesus, they was uh, questioning him about who he was. And Jesus said these words, if any man, any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or not. Catch that, if any man will do his, what, what I think he said, if any man's willing, you, you got a will and God's got a will. Is my will willing for God to have his way? You see what I'm trying to say? And, and, and that's very important. And, and, and then, I, very important, I've said this a lot of times. I don't know what the time that I have here in this church. It is the hardest thing I've ever done. My ministry is waiting on God. I had a battle here about two months ago. A fellow went against me. I led him to the Lord 40-some years ago. Always been like that. And it happens every once in a while. You ever get in them letters? Now, I don't know where he's one, but I got a letter about three, two or three weeks ago. And he said, didn't have, didn't have nobody's name wrote to it. Nice type letter. Dear Bob. Uh, and, and that's all right. I, I mean, you know, you come out my place and call me doctor, they'll think you're Lee Robertson, you know. They, they, they don't, they don't, I'm Bob or Brother Bobby or pastor or whatever. I don't care about that. It don't make any difference. But he said, dear Bob, it looks like that the church is going to do blah, 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 blah. And so I've been here over 40 years. I don't know who he was wrote it. And so I'm not going to tithe if, you, if you're going to do this or that. I just want you to know it, so I guess I'll move on. I don't know where he moved on or not. I don't know because I don't know who he was. 
But I got another one. I got another one. It's been for about 40 years and just something happened to him. I don't know what. And you know, <laughs> brother, you know what I mean. You lay awake at night and you roll and tumble and you pray. But you know what God done. He gave me, I was thinking about Moses. And, and, and the Lord told him to tell the people to stand still there in Exodus uh, 14, I think. And boy, here's the Red Sea. And there's an army and then stand still and something like that. But I love this verse. And God brought it to my mind. Exodus 14, 14. And this is what it says. And the Lord brought it to my mind. The Lord shall fight for you. Hold your peace. And I went to sleep. <laughs> Thank God for the promises in the book. The Lord shall fight for you. And that same man, that's been a month or more ago, and he's got real sweet now. You know what I think? I think God dealt with him. The Lord shall fight for you. Brother, mean you can fight our own battles and make a mess, but if we'll wait on him and he knows how to fight them, bless God. And all we have to do, well, our little children sing, I think it do us good to sing it a whole lot. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is just follow him. We need his will. We need his leadership. We need his guidance. And go to the, always to the Word of God. I thought about Elijah. I'm going to quit in just a few minutes. I'm enjoying myself. But I, but I thought about Elijah. Hey, you remember when he was over there and the God says now, the famine, but you go over there and sit down by that brook. And he sat over there. And can't you imagine every day that old brook was dried up? He was a man like us, James said. So if he's like me, I'd sit there and wonder, I wonder how long it's going to last. I mean, it looks like uh, Social Security is going to go bad. And I don't know what in the world. And everything's closing down. God knows what we'll get for president. I don't know what we're going to do. You know. And it looks like, looks like the stream's going. It's, it's not as much as it was yesterday. I wonder if that old bird, there he comes with that country ham. <laughs> Tell Brother Roloff and he gets halfway that country ham. And drops it right down to his feet and he eats. I wonder if he's going to be here in the morning. I don't know. But wait a minute. I thought of the difference when Abraham said we better go. He didn't ask God. But you remember the story about Elijah. And the brook dried up and the word of the Lord came to him. And said. You go over like that little city of Zarephath. You go over there. So what a woman going to stay? What can a widow woman do? Sorry, you don't question God. You go on to. And he comes over there and there goes, there goes that little woman. And he said, ma'am, she said, oh. And she said, I got about a handful of meal left. And me and my boys, I'm going to get some wood and fix a fire. And we're going to eat and then die like the rest of them around here. And he said, uh, God sent me over here. I'll tell you what you do. How about fixing me a little bit? And she said, okay. Don't you think God had a hand in that? Don't you think God spoke to that woman? And then he said, by the way, bring me some water. I'm kind of thirsty too. 
I could just see that barrel full. Man, I could sleep. God said, no, I'm not going to let you see that. And he'd get that one handful out. It was gone. But there's another there the next morning. He's following God. Listen, my Lord knows a way through the wilderness. He's still on the throne. I thought about tonight, Brother Jack, you singing that song. He's still on the throne. And bless God, he's never had to take a tranquilizer yet. He's not afraid at all. All this mess is not bothering him. Brother, he's controlling this thing. And he loves me and I'm his child. And one of these days, by either death or rapture, I'm going up there to live with him. Not because I'm worthy, but because he's promised in this book. Let's don't lean to our own understanding. Let's wait on God and pray. Seek his will in the book. He he wants us to have it. And then then when he he starts showing us what to do, and he said, oh, there's just a handful left. Let's don't argue. Let's go on and walk with faith. Just keep walking, you know. Every once in a while, somebody will ask me, bro, how long are you going to pastor? I don't know. I don't know. And don't misunderstand me, but I don't know if people said, who are you grooming? And I said, I hear about dog grooming dogs or something. <laughs> I told a fellow that the other day. I don't have anybody. My, my, if I dropped dead and my sister, pastor's been with me 21 years, he might take it. I don't know. He don't want a pastor. You say, would Steve, I don't know, God's blessing Steve over there in Chattanooga. I think he ought to stay there personally. Who's going to take, I think I'll just stay on. Just stay on. Just stay on. You, you, know, you know, in our area, it got so that a preacher, when he come about 62 to 65, he retires. And we got a lot of Southern Baptist churches. Now I meet those guys in, for 10 years. I meet him in the hospital, and I said, well, when are you going to give it up? I said, give what up? Yeah. Old men dream dreams. Young men have, and I still got some visions, bless God. I have, by the, by the grace of God. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm not trying to set no record. God forbid that. I just like if you give me the mind and the strength and, and through cancers twice and all that. God's been good. And I've never enjoyed my ministry. And let me tell you, God's got to be in this thing. When you stand in the one pulpit 52 years, and it, it, I could say in good English, it ain't always been that way. But when, I've seen times when I want to get away. But brother, I'd rather preach in my own pulpit now than anywhere else. And only God can do that. That's what I'm trying to say. So I want to keep on keeping on. And I appreciate all the prayers you folks have prayed for me. Many of you prayed and keep on praying. I'd like to occupy till he comes. Let's bow and have prayer. Father, help me to practice what I preach tonight. I look back. I could take these folks for an hour or how I missed you. Your will after, after I realized it was mine instead of yours. And God, I want you to take these thoughts and help every one of my dear folk here tonight. Whether they're preachers or not, doesn't make any difference. We all have decisions to make. And help us not to lean to our own understanding. 
but to acknowledge you in all, not part. Large, no, small, everything, all our ways. And then wait and watch you direct our paths. With our heads bowed, I want to ask you a question tonight. I wonder if it's somebody. And folks said, don't, don't let your pride. Uh, the best, Abraham, one of the greatest men ever was. And he missed it and you going down the line. I wonder if you're here tonight and you say, Brother Bobby, I'm, I'm in a dilemma right now. And I'd like to leave a request for you and all these people to pray for me. That I don't listen to my own understanding, but I will follow God. I, I, right now, I'm in a dilemma. Maybe a pastor, maybe not. I don't know. Would, would you raise your hand? God will see it. Now, I want you to hold up me. Now, listen, folks. This is my brothers and sisters right here. And we ought to be concerned. Now, I want us to do this. I want us to pray for them. Not just tonight, but keep praying that they could come back somewhere and tell somebody, God, let me see the light on that thing. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.